Welcome to the Thriving Farmer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Kilpatrick. Our mission is to inspire, educate, and celebrate sustainable farming. We believe that you can build a profitable, sustainable farm that gives you true farm freedom. Join us as we talk to farmers, innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs to glean their top takeaways in business and life. Explore new revenue opportunities with Harvest Hosts. List your farm and connect with a community of more than 250,000 RVers eager to support small businesses. You only need to provide space for at least one RVer to stay overnight. In exchange, the RVers will patronize your farm. No hookups or RV services required. Ready to add 15K in extra revenue with minimal time investment? Visit us at harvesthosts.com today. Hey, Thriving Farmers, Michael Kilpatrick here with yet another episode of the Thriving Farmer podcast. Today, my guest is Alexis Dragovich, co-operator of Mud Run Farms in Northeast Ohio. What started out as a first-generation dairy farm has turned into a father-daughter team working hard to make certified organic grains and fresh stone ground flowers more commonplace. Alexis, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Uh, tell me a little bit, how did you guys get started on growing grains? Well, my dad had been growing grains for a long time. You know, I think uh, mm -hmm. if you have a farm, especially with animals on it, um, at some point you're going to transition to, you know, oh, I could grow some corn, I could grow some oats or whatever. So he had always kind of, you know, had a couple acres in grain. And actually mm -hmm. somebody at our farmer's market said, you know, you're growing grains. Have you ever thought about, um, you know, growing them for human consumption? And so we did yes. that for a couple of years and we had, um, there's a very large mill, I don't know, about 30 minutes from us. And um, they would grind the grains and then, you know, we would bring it back and then sell it to people. And it kind of uh, got big enough that we couldn't, um, like we would say like, oh, okay, we need, you know, a hundred pounds of corn. And they'd say, well, we're not doing, we're not milling corn right now. And so we would be kind of stuck. And then our customers would say, we need some corn and things like that. And then also mm -hmm. uh, our customers would say like, oh, well, we like this flower, but we wish that it was finer or we wish it was this or whatever. So in 2020, uh, my dad had the idea to, uh, mill it, you know, open up our own mill and, and kind of mill it in house so we could kind of um, uh, keep the quality and things yeah. like that, keep it all, all in house. So. Gotcha. Okay. So then talk us through a little bit of the milling process. I want to get back to the, obviously the growing of the grains, but the milling is something that um, we actually have a guy here locally just a couple miles from us that's trying to get set up right now. And it's taken a long time. We've been trying to trying to work with them for about three months now. Um, so walk us through like what kind of mill do you have and like what's the process around that? Sure. So our flour bill is an Oster roller mill. Um, they're from Austria. They're pretty popular um, in the small stone milling community. Um, so that's what we do our uh, wheat and that kind of thing on. And then we have a burr mill, which is what we do uh, corn on. And mm -hmm. that's, I don't know, it's over a hundred years old. Um, my dad makes, it was uh, built to run off of a um, tractor power takeoff. And because of, you know, health rules and things like that, um, he put a motor on it. And so it, it runs in our building. So, uh, I work with my dad side by side, but he's really the um, 
visionary for so many uh-huh. things. Um, so he, I, I don't want to leave him out at all. He was really kind of the brains behind, like, I think we can do this. And I'm um, kind of along for the ride. We used to grow vegetables for a long time. And, you know, and vegetables are so hard on your body. I don't think people uh-huh. appreciate, you know, uh, how hard it, you have to work and how it's really a young person's game. And so uh-huh. I didn't, as far as farming goes, I didn't really get a lot of um, joy out of it. And um, my dad is getting older and we want him to continue to be able to do it. So that was another reason why we decided to kind of transition over to grain. So it was something that we could continue to do together um, as he got older and as I got older. So, Yeah. So then you have two different mills and is the one that does the wheat not as well suited for the corn or talk about the differences between those? Um, you just kind of don't want to combine those two. Oh, um, okay. You know, the oils and things like that. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just better to keep, you'd have to do a lot of purging to make sure that, mm, yeah. uh, I mean, even though we're not um, a gluten-free facility Correct. by any means, we do our best to, you know, sweep and things like that. So um, just for quality purposes, it's just best to have two separate mills. Gotcha. Okay. And then um, what types of flour are you producing with those mills? Um, with so, the, the main mill? Yeah. So with our Australian mill, um, it's really where we, we do all of our wheat. Um, so that's, you know, a hard red wheat. Yeah. Um, we do rye, um, einkorn, spelt. And that's all the, yeah, that's all the wheats we have. And then each one of those, you know, I can do different stuff. I can do a whole grain and then I can do um, you know, different sifts and things like that with it. Yeah. So then with the, the hard red wheat, I'm assuming you're only producing a, a whole wheat flour. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, all of it can be a whole grain where we're just grinding it and then, yeah. you know, everything comes out. But then I also have the capacity to sift it out. So we're sifting out some of that brand. Um, and okay. it makes a, a lighter flour, which is, um, Typically for your palate, it's a little bit um, closer to like what an all-purpose, you know, would feel like and mm-hmm. cook with. So. Yeah. Now, so you're growing the hard red wheat. Now they're mm-hmm. soft red wheats. What are, what's the difference there? Uh, protein levels okay. mostly is, is what it is. Soft wheat is usually typically for pastries. Um, and then the hard red wheat is, or hard wheat, you can have white wheat too it doesn't but that's what we grow is the red wheat um is typically for like breads and things like that and then to yeah. make, and then to make all purpose you would combine the two gotcha now is that something where you can test your uh protein in house or do you have to send it out we send it out um we don't have the capacity to to do that there's okay. lots of different um uh testers that do that kind of thing Gotcha. Okay. So talk, let's go back to the farm and talk a little bit about that. What is, how many acres do you guys manage? We just have 30 acres. Okay. So you're, and then what kind of, with the wheat crop, what kind of harvester do you guys use for that? We have a combine. It's an 8,300, I believe, John Deere. Okay. So yeah, small con- combine. And, and so you just, and so do you do that same one for the corn and the wheat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it'll have different heads on it. Yeah, 
their time and talk to me a little bit about kind of like the growing of the grains. Um, what's kind of the, for wheat, obviously with the hard wheat, is that something you seed in the fall and harvest in the spring? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're certified organic and so weeds are uh-huh. always on our mind. Um, and so we typically like to do the fall wheat, uh, the winter wheat, uh, because it goes through that dormant stage. And so the plant um, can kind of get up taller uh, in the ground in the spring than the weeds. But if you plant it yeah. in the spring, you have to do a lot of cultivating and things like that. And so the weeds uh, tend. So you can do spring weeds, but just um, in, for us, it just doesn't really work out very well. So um, we do a lot of the winter yeah and then uh so obviously you have the corn and that corn is a spring plant yeah. thing is so is that something where you can bring the um wheat off and then go into corn or double crop or you have to single crop yeah we do everything um single crop um it we do some cover cropping in between but for uh-huh. um like harvest purposes that's just not something that we do Okay. And tell me a little bit about like the fertility program that you use for the fields. Yeah. So we use a lot of chicken manure and cover cropping and that's about it. Gotcha. And then for weed control, I know you did mention that weeds are a challenge. What Mm -hmm. do you typically like to use for weed control? We just cultivate. Okay. And is that with like just a, a, what kind of cultivators do you have? Like a spring cultivator? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have, um, we have a tine leader. I don't know if you're familiar with the tine yep. leaders. Mm-hmm. So we have one of those. We have um, a couple horses here. So we like to oh, take okay. them out and um, use those with the tine leader. Um, we don't get to cultivate as much as we probably should just for time purposes and things like that. Um, but uh, yeah, we try try our best to do to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Talk through a little bit about, so do you guys have any animals left or are those all, you just moved into the grains? Uh, no, we have chickens. Um, okay. So we have laying hens and then just um, uh, in the summertime we'll do, I don't know, we did like 50 um, broilers, um, you know, for okay. kind of the community. But yeah, we um, have some laying hens and then we have the horses, but we don't have any other livestock okay. here. So the farm truly is now just focused on the grains. Yeah, well, uh, I'm constantly uh, knocking high mowing and Johnny seed catalogs out of my dad's hand whenever <laughs> I see him pick one up. So we do have um, a small garden and we still are growing like potatoes and like kind of um, yeah. storage crops, onions and things like that. Um, but we're uh, no longer doing, you know, uh, different varieties of lettuce and things like that. So actually we have a small, um, high tunnel and we used it for the lane hens this summer. So, uh, so I'm hoping yeah to get out of that altogether, but yeah, so we still do a little bit of it. Um, we also do some dried beans. Um, yeah. So we try, try to do some of that stuff. We try to, um, have fun. Um, you know, it can get kind of boring when you're just doing, you know, corn, wheat, whatever, oats. So sometimes we'll try some sunflowers or buckwheat. Um, we do that sometimes. Um, and also all of that stuff can just be great for, um, you know, soil health and things like that. So that's always, uh, on our mind for, so, but yeah, we try to have fun with uh, some of the things that we're growing. Mm -hmm. So we were looking at human consumption soybeans, which lots of people are growing human 
Christian soybeans, you know, no, no big whoop, but we would be doing it on such a small scale that it, it, it would be uh, a lot different for us. So just, you know, things like that we were, we were looking at, so. Yeah. So then talk about the marketing of your grains. So like, where do you guys sell them? We sell them um, uh, typically at farmer's markets. We um, really enjoy like the direct to customer sales. Um, We do have some like small like cottage bakeries and things like that um, that we sell to, but um, typically farmer's markets. And um, we do like a, we're doing like a once a month, um bulk pickup here at our farm mm-hmm. uh, so you know you would order it and then come to the farm and and pick it up so that direct to customer is, is typically where we go yeah so who would you say your customer is what's the type of people that are mm-hmm. interested in your products um people that are home bakers but i i, I actually um don't want to say like you don't have to be a baker to eat whole grains you know we also have okay. oats um, so, you know, oatmeal, but then we also have whole berries and you can eat whole berries as side dishes, you know, with whatever you can add it into soups, you can put it on salads. Um, so you don't have to be a baker to eat whole grains. Um, but I think, um, you know, the people that are listening to your podcast, uh, people that want to eat um, good, uh, real food are our customers. And then, um, I don't know, we get new customers all the time, people thinking that, um, being surprised by the fact that uh, we can grow grains and that grains aren't just for animal consumption and that the flour that you're buying in the store um, isn't really what you think it is. Um, and that um, you know, growing grains and milling grains has been around for thousands of years. We're not doing anything new, um, but it feels like we're doing something mm-hmm. new. So. Yeah. Gotcha. So then at the farmer's markets, what's your typical setup look like? Do you have a lot of pictures of the farm or is it more just like the products? Yeah, we just have the products out. I don't really have any pictures. So we um, offer, uh, you know, I don't know, I'd say we have 20 different products. Um, So my Mm -hmm. table's pretty full. um, So I don't have a lot of room for like extra material and things like that. So yeah. Um, What's kind of like people's uh, first impression when they come up to the table and what's usually like that first thing out of their mouth because obviously a small farm doing its own grain is probably a little different than they're used to seeing yeah i think so i think the first question is always like who mills this and i say i do Mm -hmm. and then they say who grows this and then i say i do and then that kind of like oh wow like so yeah and then you know uh, you know, where are you from? And I say, you know, I'm in Ohio, obviously I'm here, I'm your neighbor, I'm in Ohio. Um, yeah. I'm very surprised by that. So then that's just kind of like a steamroll of like, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so talk us through a little bit about, um, like the cornmeal. Is that something that you recommend for grits and cornbread and that sort of thing? Yeah. Um, so we have, um, two, we have a cornmeal and then we have a corn grit. And so it's, Okay. The same, you know, we grind it once and then we sift out like the smaller pieces end up being the cornmeal and then the bigger pieces end up being the grits. Um, so and our grits are, um, it's a heirloom open pollinated variety of corn. Um, so typically grits, I think people are looking for white corn. So the fact that uh-huh. it's like a yellow and red corn is a little bit different, um, you know, to their eye. 
So uh, grits, obviously, for grits. And then the corn meal um, can be for, uh, yeah, polenta, corn, bread, any of that kind of stuff. Um, my mom likes to put it on the bottom of, like, pizza, you know, so that the pizza doesn't stick. Yeah. Um, but yep. then you can also eat that for if you like, like, a creamier um, grit. You can use that as grits as well. So gotcha. There's no wrong yeah, way to yeah. eat any of it. Yeah. Yeah. Just eat yeah. it. Yeah. Um, do you have a lot of sourdough bread makers that buy from yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. Um, I try to ask people what it is that they're doing, you know, with all mm-hmm. the grains, but sometimes, you know, I don't get to that. But, yeah, there's definitely a lot of home bakers, a lot of sourdough makers. Um, you know, the um, when you have a sourdough starter, it activates and feeds off of those fresh grains um, so much more that, you know, if you can get those bubbles and things um, quicker and bigger than – than with just regular store-bought flour because it's alive. It you know has oils yeah. and things like that in it that you're not getting from um, dead flour that's uh, you know just on the store shelf. So interesting. Okay, so they have a better better probably bread quality now. Do most of them mm-hmm. just do 100% whole wheat with that, or do they do? Uh, no, I think um, a lot of people, uh, and I'm a fan of mixing flours, mm-hmm. you know, that you don't have to, um, you know, just use one whole grain. And I think it's all a preference. You know, what's your, what do you like on your palate? What's your mouthfeel? Correct. Um, do you like that kind of denser, grittier breads? Or do you like, you know, light, fluffy breads? Do you like sandwich breads or, you know, yeah. whatever? Um, do you like the einkorn? Do you like rye? You know, there's, so many different kinds. Um, I think you just kind of have to jump in and see what, you know, see what you like. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the question would be like, is this something that you guys envision going forward and just keeping doing this? What's like the five-year plan, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Hope so. That is definitely a five-year plan. Just keep kind of like plugging away. We're going to add some, um, we've been trying to add some new things as far as like cleaning, of the grains and like de-hauling and things like that. Mm. Um, definitely a lot more infrastructure goes into this than yep. what we were prepared um, to do. So it's all, you know, learning curves and, and things like that. And um, we do it on such a small scale and it's just me and my dad that do it. So we don't have, you know, this large team to do all of this stuff. So just do, um, you know, as much as we can and then um, also do it cost effectively. So yeah, that definitely five-year plan to, keep doing farmer's markets, keep um, talking about grains, keep, you know, getting out there. So, Yeah. Okay. Um, what would you say to yourself if you could like, you're starting all over again? Like what advice would you give yourself? We're still so new into all of this. I'm not really like ready to like turn around and look back. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I, I don't know. I think we, and we, we made the best decisions that we could with the money that we had, with the time we had, you know, the knowledge that we had, um, that I don't think it's probably worth it really to look back and kick ourselves over mistakes right now. So. Gotcha. Okay. Um, what would you say for someone maybe like that's interested in doing this kind of, um, you know, starting to small scale grants? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. (laughs) I just say do it. Uh, like I said, um, Grain has been around forever. Uh, we're not doing it new. There's lots of, um, there's a pretty good community in the Midwest. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of the um, Artisan Grain Collaborative, which is out of Wisconsin. Okay. Um, they have so many resources that if you're interested in, you know, getting started. And that's, you, 
you don't even have to be wanting to like grow and sell grain. If you just consume grain, if you just like grain, you can, you know, yeah. there's a, there's a place for you with them. So, um, Arson Grain Collaborative, uh, check them out there. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Anything else you'd like to share before we go? Um, we, uh, Check out our website. You can see all the places that we are at in Northeast Ohio. We're also at the Worthington um, Farmer's Market in Central Ohio. So uh, kind of branching out a little bit there. But yeah, come, come see us. Come say hi. Yeah, so that's mudrunfarmorganics.com. Right. Yeah, and that shows all the different farm stands and uh, retail mm-hmm. and farmer's markets that you guys are in. So that's very it. cool. Well, Alexis, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, thank you. So there you have it, another episode in the books. So I'd love if you would hop on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. Those mean everything to us. We love to hear what you're thinking. If you have a podcast guest that you can recommend, please pop on over to the Thriving Farmer Podcast website and leave us a review. That's thrivingfarmerpodcast.com.